the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Boy, oh boy, what a busy day. What an interesting day. Uh, What a lot to say. We'll get right to it. A couple of great interviews today. It's kind of today. It's kind of the Federalist.com, the Federalist.com day. I've got two interviews with uh, uh, Joy Pullman is one of them. And uh, the other one is an, a new author who I haven't on the, had on the program, Madeline Osborne. Um, so that'll be great. We'll talk to them. They both read over at the Federalist. A couple of key topics, one about Planned Parenthood uh, and the other about uh, what exactly is happening uh, in, with Disney. So we'll cover that. All right. First, what you need to know, the big news, everybody's hearing it, everybody's seeing it, everybody knows it. The big news is this leak. There is a leaked draft opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court that has now been authenticated by the United States Supreme Court's Chief Justice, who put out a statement earlier in the day on Tuesday saying, yes, it's authentic, but it's a draft, an early draft, and it's not anything that you can go on. And then he goes on to say there's going to be an investigation into who leaked it. So there's a lot to say here. First of all, the leak is of a five to four opinion that looks like five of the justices will reverse Roe v. Wade and, and Casey and others. It's a big deal, but that's kind of what people knew, to be honest. And it's kind of like trying to um, trying to predict uh, what the, the score is going to be of a game before the game is over. Like it, it, it reveals something. Obviously, it was a February draft. But I wouldn't rely on what the draft says. I wouldn't spend too much time on what the draft says. It's a little misleading. Now, the leak part is what you need to know how outrageous this is. And first of all, let me set this up. For some of us, a lawyer like me especially, but some of us just in conservative circles, for the last 30 or 40 years, we've watched as judicial tyranny has seeming to take control. In fact, uh, uh, Phyllis Schlafly wrote a couple of different books in which that was a big focus, including uh, The Supremacists, about judges who were uh, doing far too much. Who Killed the American Family has a lot on uh, the judges. We have had a situation where the popular opinions, or better said, the duly elected officials in a Democrat republic and in our state level and local level who should have the say over passing laws have been short changed, have been shortcutted. Can't be a right word. Shortcut. There has been a shortcut where the left has said, oh, no, no, we we don't want to rely on actually passing legislation and winning an argument. We'll just get the courts to do it. And so on major issues, Roe v. Wade is a big one and all the cases that followed after it. For 50 years now, they've been using that. That was made up, whole cloth. Another one more recently is Obergefell. Obergefell is the case that created a a right to a marriage, a gay marriage. That had failed on the ballot in about 35 states or so in 2004. But a few years later, using the Supreme Court, they got it through. The definition of sex and gender is happening through the Supreme Court. You could pick almost any topic 
And you can see that the left has tried where they cannot win by the popular will of the people, or again, more accurately, it's not so much that we want the popular will to always carry the day. We have a system of checks and balances that actually allow protection for the minority against the majority. That's one of the beauties of our system. But it does, our system does require that when the democratic republic, when the democratically elected, in the case of the national uh, uh, federal party, it's a republic, but in, in state levels, you'll have direct election of uh, representatives at the state uh, house or state senate, and even local level. When they have a chance to pass laws or pass rules, which are laws and sometimes are called ordinances or something at the local level, they're allowed to do it. That's the system. And we've watched judges overturning that. So when it was convenient, when it was desirable, the U.S. Supreme Court was revered as the ultimate authority. Roe v. Wade, Casey, Obergefell, um, other cases that have to do with the left's priorities. Now, in my opinion, this is my opinion, faced with a court that is conservative, at least five to four, sometimes six to three, the left has decided, ah, we better subvert the court. We better damage the court's credibility. We better confuse people about what's going on. We better leak documents unprecedented to leak an opinion and cause anxiety. The media will play along. The media will join. The big tech will join. A leaked document. Well, I, I mean, there was no slowing down on the leaked documents authentication. They, they didn't they didn't authenticate uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, but they sure did jump in and say, oh, it's a good enough. Last night it was it was on Monday night late. Politico had a copy and they put it out and everybody ran. You know, I mean, anyway, what you need to know is that this effort to diminish the Supreme Court is intentional. Now, you'll hear some of the great commentators on this. And I like, by the way, reading uh, him on social media. I don't listen to his show, but Jesse Kelly has a great presence on social media. And I assume his radio show, too. But Jesse Kelly often talks about the communists. They just hate us, and they want to destroy our stuff. Well, there's a, probably some of them that want to do that. I, I believe him. I think he's right. There are communists. They do hate our institutions. They hate the truth. But mostly what communists like is chaos. And mostly what the left, like is, left likes is power. And when they're losing power on the left, they'll take chaos. In other words, when they had control, when they had the power, when they had the court on their side, they were all for it. Give awards, uh, announce how important they were, a historic. When they're losing power and they can't use their power crassly against we the people, then just gut the place. You know, make the place look like it's uh, undermined and, and make it look inconsistent and make the justices look like they're negotiating and leak and, and all that. It's classic, meant to destroy and diminish an institution and drive down the confidence of we the people in each other and the institutions. It's just terrible stuff. Now, I have listened, and I, Mike Davis is a commentator, he's the founder of the Article 3 Project, and, and he said, look, it's going to have the opposite effect because, in effect, the public now knows that five people are on board to, to overturn Roe v. Wade and, and, and uh, Dovey Bolton and Casey. And, and Mike Davis's point is, if you thought you were going to pressure five people to change their mind, that's probably the opposite. Because now they're publicly identified. They already got the downside. There's no reason. But it's really unfair. It's really a bad system when this happens. It's really what you need to know is it's really a, a brutally hard Power politics, because some people are crazy, intensely crazy 
about the, the what they see. And they, and they will quite literally talk about, and you'll see it on social media, hurting justices that they don't agree with. Right now, there's lots of security. I'm, my office is only a few blocks from the Supreme Court. I sometimes go to church across the street and I see one of the justices there and he's always got security sitting in the back of the place. But you can, you can bet your bottom dollar this kind of leak eight weeks before the court would have published their opinion right before an election where everything's going wrong for the Democrats on the economy, on managing uh, how we're functioning, on people's satisfaction with the president, on people's satisfaction with education, on and on and on. We have a situation where the Democrats, the people, well, say it better, the people in power are, are not succeeding. We've talked about this before. And now they do this. And you say, well, is it a distraction? It might be a distraction, but it's, it's nasty, right? It's na- it's, it's, I went by the Supreme Court. There's people protesting on both sides. It's, it's hot button nasty. And again, it's not the disagreement on the issue. We haven't even gotten to that. Roe v. Wade and Casey being reversed means it goes back to the states. There's no ban of abortion that anybody's talked about, at least at the federal level. There is in different states, but that's part of the argument. Again, that's, that's the argument for our system of governing and living together, that we work it out. When you short-circuit it, like they did with a leak, unheard of. You know, some people are saying, oh, well, Roe v. Wade, the original Roe v. Wade was leaked. You'll hear that. The commentators are saying it's not that unusual. No, no, there's never been something like this. Because Roe v. Wade was leaked, meaning an hour before it came out, a clerk gave a copy of the finished opinion, Roe v. Wade, to a journalist and said, don't publish this until it's released. It, the, the release of it from the court was delayed by about two hours, and the New York Times or AP or somebody published it about an hour before. That's different than leaking a draft. That's different than leaking a draft of a decision on the hot-button issue. That's never happened. It didn't happen on Oberf- o- Oberkfell, which is the uh, gay marriage case. It didn't happen on anything else like this. Not Never. It's never happened on the on the cases that had to do with uh, war and war powers and even Gitmo, all those things never leaked when there was left and right, all sorts of sides. It's a brutal, brutal power play. And what you need to know is there is a whole conversation to have about what it means if, if and when Roe v. Wade is reversed. But today, what we ought to be having a conversation on is who did this? Why did they do it? How can they be held accountable? This is much more. Like insurrection, this is much more like treason and and messing with the lives of the nine justices as well as the system than anything I've seen on January sixth on Trump's election day when there was rioting, uh, even on the even on with the George Floyd riots. Uh, there's nothing that's been like this this leak for destructive, damaging conduct. It's breathtaking, and you know at the end of Chief Justice's uh, Chief Justice Roberts' opinion. He did say a, a, a statement today confirming the authenticity of the, the draft opinion. He said, I have asked the marshals to investigate. We'll see. They better get to the bottom of this one. People are so sick of the lack of accountability for bad actors. They're just sick of it. All right, everybody, we got to uh, go. We'll take a break. I'll be right back. We got a great show. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Be back in a moment.
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is Joy Pullman. Joy Pullman is the executive editor of The Federalist, thefederalist.com. If you go there, lots of great writers. Uh, a couple days ago, uh, we had Elle Reynolds on uh, talking about one of her pieces. Just great, great writers, quality writers, quality thinkers. Joy Pullman is also an author. You can sign up. This is great, by the way, Joy. I did this. Sign up or to get early access to her next ebook, 101 Strategies for Living Well Amid Inflation, which is very important for me and my wife and our four kids uh, because everything's up. Milk is up. Every bread is up. Gas is up. And inflation is up. So um, Joy is an author, has written a number of books. And as I just referred to with my kids, we were talking off there. She has six children. So she has to manage uh, a husband and six children. So she's busy. So welcome, Joy, to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. I was about to say, I think my husband manages me. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, you know, hey, Joy, you know, I should say this to you. Phyllis Schlafly, who we were talking about, she had six children. She has she she had said late Phyllis Schlafly had six children. And she used to say and she loved to say it. It made the uh, she used to say the women libbers went crazy. She would open her speech and she would say, I would first of all like to thank my husband, Fred, for letting me be here tonight. <laughs> yes. And they would go crazy. That they would did, truth, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? Anyway, people have no, yeah, no understanding of what that's like and how true and crucial that is. But I I understand that myself. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right, Joy, when I first flagged this and I wanted to talk to you, you had written a piece, thefederalist.com, and the title of which is The New York Times Doesn't Care If You Know That Big Tech Helped Rig Joe Biden's Election. And between then, a Mm -hmm. few days ago and today, you wrote another piece called Did the New York Times Admit Joe Biden is Corrupt So Democrats Can Get Rid of Him? And I think that's a very helpful point, too. But so I got these two together now in my head. Joy, I want to mm-hmm. ask you, you're a writer, you've written books, you've, you've studied journalism, you're in at thefederalist.com. Just pulling back, we all have to, if you write and read a lot, understand that the New York Times does, it, it does have a history that puts it in, in a sort of anchor position of American journalism, but it's now so blatantly broken. I mean, it's almost like we're not really recognizing how pathetic this is. I mean, the New York Times, uh, you're right, it has a reputation that it does not deserve. I mean, there. Uh, if you go back in journalistic archives, since you mentioned it, you yeah. know, the, the New York Times was has been falsifying um, news for years. You know, they were one of the big um, cover-ups of the Soviet Union and communism during the Cold War. Right. You know, so they're basically, you know, they've been whitewashing mass murder <laughs> for right. many, many decades. This isn't a new thing that the New York Times is basically a bunch of regime behind coverers. Um, so, you know, we had another instance of that kind of happening recently that you and I are talking about with, you know, that finally, after, you know, after an election cycle in 2020, under which the exact same story was suppressed by big tech, was flagged as Russian information. Now, the New York Times, you know, finally, 18 months later, is affirming that, oh, by the way, you know, um, that that factoid about Hunter Biden's laptop, that's a real laptop. That's really Hunter Biden's. You know, they verified some of the emails on it, like many, many others had done it. And you know what? Since, since I know that the New York Times is corrupt, I really don't think that, you know, the fact that, you know, they're admitting the truth now is uh, something to really celebrate, but to wonder 
Why are they doing that? What's right. the tactical reason here? And that's why I wrote my article. Well, and then so in the middle of this piece, we're talking with Joy Pullman. Um, she's the executive editor of The Federalist, thefederalist.com. Towards the end of the first column I referred to, uh, which I'll put up on social media, about big tech in the New York Times, you write this. Social media has become what the big three cable news networks were decades ago. Colon, mm-hmm. falsely nonpartisan manipulators of the elections. Now, what I want to say there is, yes, it, it, I want to ask you, big tech, for those of the kids that are listening, you know, there was a period where, you, you know, you watched the three big news networks and and sometimes PBS, but PBS, if you wanted to see Lawrence Welk, right? I mean, it wasn't like there was mm-hmm. a news. Bro- and so, and they dominated. And only in retrospect, did we look back and say, huh, Walter Cronkite might not have been a communist, but he was definitely skewing things. And, and who was picking what the news was, sometimes the CIA, I mean, I think, and, we, and it mattered. Mm-hmm. Now we have big tech, though, um, and social media. But aren't they doing something even worse? I mean, you, you, I don't maybe I'm not maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the same, but they're actually lying to us in fast enough time to reshape what people uh, understand is true. I, I, I don't know. It's much more devious than. No, you're totally right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so I actually think of social media as the new, you know, big media. Right. You know, so on the right, there's this long tradition of talking about the fact that, you know, the major corporations are heavily biased against the right. And we know, for example, um, the, you know, the uh, statistician Tim Grosskos documented that the media, you know, newspaper, big media, its effect on the American electorate is shifting them, you know, I think it was 15 points to the left. You know, if if we didn't have biased media, our our elections would be basically like Texas elections. Right. The, um, um, and, and, and so, I mean, so in this, in this country, social media is now taken over, I guess, that <laughs> scary, you know, mantle of yeah. um, basically deciding what we're allowed to see. And by selectively choosing what information Americans are allowed to learn, then social media is also essentially controlling our entire political process. Well, and, and in this case, it's almost like you get the example, we get the Hunter, or not the example, you, well, but you get the, the, um, the Hunter Biden laptop, which now New York Times admits was fake. And then therefore, big tech and everybody else rushed to stop the dissemination of it back three weeks before the election, mm-hmm. therefore impacting the election. But one step further, it, that's the one we see. I hate to say it like this. That's the dog that actually did bark. It's the dogs that aren't barking that you can't even tell. Yep. And 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 so and and I go one further. And again, we're talking with Joy Pullman of thefederalist.com. Uh, they also with social media, they're using really using neuroscience. I feels like Walter Cronkite was using like s- s- slogans and and ling- uh, marketing jingles. And now we're, they're using neuroscience on, frankly, on you and me, maybe we don't fall for it because we think we're too smart. We're really not. But but most Americans are being just worked over by the algorithms and by the neuroscience. Here's my question, Joy. What do we do? I mean, what's the path out of this? Phyllis Schlafly, you know, we both were talking about her off the air. She used to write these books and she'd say, I have to write the book. Uh, Who killed the American family? She said, I wrote eight chapters. What's wrong? Who killed it? And she said, now I got Now now the hard part is what do we do about it? So what do we do about this, Joy? Well, I mean, I think there's two basic things. There's what you and I can do individually, and there's what we must demand that our representatives take care of for us. You know, so it's obvious that the Republican Party, because that's the only one that's going to do it. Not right. that I think they're that great, but they got to get their <laughs> behinds in gear and prioritize right. um, this rigging of the electoral process against, you know, their own voters and against just 
straight up open discourse, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's American to be able to discuss and argue so that we can have a good debate before we decide at the ballot box. That is not happening. That's un-American straight up. So they need to ensure that that happens by taking on the monopolies of big tech that are destroying that American capability and the integrity of our election. And so the second thing that, you know, you and I have to do is like, we just have to, I, I individually do this. We have to control our social media use and advocate, you know, for our, our, our friends, our kids, our relatives to not to fight the social media addiction, to not believe what you see on TV, to not believe what you see on social media, because you know, if you're looking at something, it was decided by people you don't know and cannot trust. You know, and and they have an agenda about what they want you to do in response to the information they're feeding to you and your kids' brain. So, you know, I think really people should spend other things, spend their lives on other things than Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all the rest. Have real and meaningful relationships and conversations um, in your own private life and develop that, um, you know, that nourishment for your mind and your soul in your own life as well. Uh, again, we're talking with Joy Pullman, and she is the uh, executive uh, editor of The Federalist, thefederalist.com, uh, an author in her own right, her own books. Um, check her, her uh, website out. Uh, check her out on, on these two articles that I'll post. Um, Joy, in the second piece about uh, Joe Biden, I have a friend that met with Donald Trump about a year and a half or two years before the election and in a private moment asked um, the president, they were talking about who would run against him, and the president said he thought it would be Biden because Biden would be the most useful kind of candidate for the left to use. They couldn't afford to get mm-hmm. too strange looking to, you know, you can't Cory Booker, whatever. Every, the president didn't say any of this, by the way. This is me describing what, what I think was part of it. Joe Biden was a, a Manchurian candidate of the kind that you could yeah. say, you know, he's he's kind of calm. I mean, he seems to be brain dead, but he's calm. And he Uncle Joe, you know, from Scranton, we all know the guy that kind of says dumb things and, and sniffs people's hair. I don't know. Maybe we don't. But you get the point. Your piece says <laughs> he's no longer useful to the ruling class. Will they will they really dump Joe Biden? You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to. Yeah, I mean, so I again, I read the American news, honestly, like I read or I don't read Pravda, but like, you know, Soviet president <laughs> used to read Pravda. Right. What is the official party's message and why are they, you know, trying to communicate this to me yeah. right now, right? Right, right. So you have to read between the lines. And so I don't know what's going on with the Democrat Party, but it, you know what is very clear is that Joe Biden was an asset for them. He was basically a Trojan horse. They could, you know, make him put a nice, happy face on their fascism. <laughs> right. You know, their new version of, of totalitarianism that they want to impose on the country. And that was, convenient and necessary for them to win against Donald Trump. So now he is in office. His poll numbers are tanking. He is a disaster as, you know, as uh, actually governing. He's not actually governing. It's a total mess. You know, basically his presidency is a dumpster fire and we're barely one year into it. Right. So, you know, this is making the polls look so bad that Democrats really couldn't, you know, even claim, you know, to pull off wins um, in at least the midterms and possibly, you know, the next presidential election. So they do care about polling. They do care about public opinion. And this Joe Biden is creating a problem for them that they have to solve. And one way of doing that would be to get rid of him. Um, and, and, but the only problem with that is that of course his replacement is liked by voters even less when they get a look at her. So that puts <laughs> yeah. them in a bind. 
Yeah. Well, it's almost impossible. I don't know. I, I don't know if it could be her. I think they they have to maybe do a, um, you know, uh, a deus ex uh, Gavin Newsom or something to try to, uh, you know, to spin this around. But I don't know how they do that. I think you're right. It, they, they have a whole bunch of people that say, how could you do that to Kamala Harris? Um, all right. I've got to run, unfortunately. Joy Pullman, executive editor of The Federalist, thefederalist.com. I'll put up the two pieces that we've just discussed here. And again, you can go get her newest ebook is coming out soon. 101 Strategies for Living Well Amid Inflation. By the way, why 101? Oh, just because it sounds, you know, it's a common number. I, I actually haven't I know. decided whether it will be exactly 101 or not. <laughs> I, want to encur- I want to encourage you because the great Phyllis Schlafly, I'm looking at a book she didn't publish that she began to write in 2000, and it's called 101 Ways to Steal an Election. And I don't know why I don't oh, know. Nice. She, she's not around. So I can't ask her why she did 101. It's probably just genius like you and her. These these uh, great women writers think alike. So thanks, Joy. I, I, we appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. And we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and I'm very pleased to, to visit with Madeline Osborne. Uh, she's the managing editor over at, managing editor, excuse me, over at The Federalist, and uh, she's um, thefederalist.com. I'll put up the piece that I want to refer to her about uh, in this, and it's sort of even more interesting, Madeline, in light of the Supreme Court leak and you know whatever we're going to find out over these next weeks. Uh, but the title of this is, By Hiring CBS Reporter Kate Smith, Planned Parenthood Brings Propaganda Production In-House. And so welcome first, Madeline. Thanks for coming on. And then more specifically, I have often said to people, until you look closely, you don't realize how the abortion movement is really big money. And there's big organizational sort of uh, support, not sort of, but support for the effort that includes, as you point out in this piece, uh, the the messaging. And so a CBS prominent CBS reporter is just going right in-house to Planned Parenthood. Uh, Talk a little bit about that and what you saw. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more about um, the big money and the big dollar signs um, that are behind organizations like America's largest abortion provider, Planned Parenthood. Um, so just a little background on this. What we're talking about and what my article is about is a former CBS News reporter, Kate Smith. Um, so she's at one of the big, four, big three major broadcasting networks as a Um, supposedly unbiased journalist. Um, She recently announced last week that she was now going to work for Planned Parenthood, the very uh, organization that she used to supposedly cover objectively as um, CBS's what, what did she, she called her beat the abortion, uh, abortion access beat or the abortion rights beat. Um, but essentially she's not a reporter at all. Um, for years, she's been an advocate for abortion rights, like openly at CBS, um, trying to disguise her reporting, um, <laughs> trying to disguise it as what it is, which is basically Planned Parenthood propaganda. So she would do routinely do, um, coverage of, um, you know, Planned Parenthood's brand new uh, facilities. And she would do these sit down interviews with 
um, their new president, their new executives, and just launch, you know, softball questions um, at them about what an honor it is to be Planned Parenthood's new president. Um, so she basically just gave them kid glove treatment um, all the time and would publicize their PR campaigns. And then, of course, like in her coverage of actual abortion legislation, it was totally one sided. She would, you know, never, she basically would just give a megaphone to groups like Mayoral and and Planned Parenthood and just spin, spin, spin um, abortion legal coverage for them. So that's kind of like her background. And so when she announced last week that she was now going to work for Planned Parenthood. <laughs> nobody, nobody was surprised, I guess. Nobody was surprised, right? Because they're like, well, actually, that makes sense. You've been working for them all along. Now you're just getting paid by them. Right. And that was kind of my take is like, why would Planned Parenthood even pay for her when she's already been work- doing all the work <laughs> for them for free? Yeah. Right. Um, but basically, when she what I discovered was that, you know, the reason they hired her was because they, they think that the mainstream or corporate media isn't going far enough for them. So they're bringing her in house to have Mm -hmm. her do the same things for them on their payroll. Well, and, and again, uh, we're, we're talking with uh, Madeline Osborne uh, over at the Federalist, thefederalist.com, her own news that she tweeted. And uh, by the way, I had uh, Joy Pullman on the program. I was telling her, I love the writing, the style where you actually go and use the people's own words to say, this is not me guessing what they're thinking. Here's, Kate Smith in her own, on her own Twitter feed saying personal news and then Politico runs a piece on transitions. So here's Kate Smith. She's previously a reporter and correspondent for CBS News and Bloomberg and Financial Times and Baltimore Sun alum. And her title is she's going to be the senior, the first ever senior director of news content. Now, to be fair, I guess that there's in history um, reporters that take a job in government, for example, uh, you know, they I mean, that that happens. Right. Or a columnist. Absolutely. Or, and so that but your people point in here, communications flip yeah. back and forth. A yeah, lot. Right. So that's that's not that part of it's not. But this idea of news content, in especially in a time where the trust in the media is so low, you see them just, you know, lying so often. Um, so is she. Worse than usual, in your opinion, because of how she's been like she's been the promoter of Planned Parenthood or abortion rights and all that as a reporter. Or is it just in the nature of where we are that it just doesn't feel right? I think it's just interesting. I don't know if one is necessarily worse than the other, but I think it's exactly like you said, like Americans distrust in corporate media basically means that like Planned Parenthood is seeing that their money is better spent putting out their own content and their own, um, I think what they're calling it is like fighting abortion stigma and health misinformation, right? That's like a, a, a term that they love to use is misinformation and disinformation basically means like, facts you don't like, um, inconvenient truths. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people on the right talk about how they don't trust the media, but it's, it's on the left too. Nobody trusts corporate media anymore, even pro-abortion, um, fangirls don't trust, um, of mainstream media. And so, um, Planned Parenthood is basically realizing like, yeah, it's probably just more productive for us than rather what we used to do, which is, um, you know, using corporate journalists to be our mouthpieces. We just might as well like bring it in house and do it ourselves. Um, and basically use people like Kate Smith who have experience doing it already to put out our own, you know, 
uh, news content and our own, um, you know, in-house propaganda. So I don't think one's worse than the other. I think it's just interesting that Planned Parenthood doesn't sees like the corporate media is also worthless, right? It's like, are there more people going to be tuning into like something that Kate's a, a really flashy video that Kate Smith's team put out on social media or, you know, whatever the talking heads are saying on CBS morning news, probably right. the social media is going to get a lot more eyeballs. And so Planned Parenthood sees that as a better investment. When I started out this, uh, uh, we're talking with Madeline Osborne, uh, again, at thefederalist.com. Uh, and uh, when I started the interview with you, I mentioned the size of the Planned Parenthood, you know, business. It's kind of like if you could get every pro-life group under the sun, put them all together, which you can't, right? There's a million different things, pregnancy research centers, all these things. Planned Parenthood sort of has a, has, has streamlined it into one monopoly and, and they get, they get tens of millions of dollars. They get hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. of government money, federal, state, and local. Um, does, is Kate Smith the kind of hire? If she went corporate, is she high paid? I mean, and will we ever know what she makes to go to Planned Parenthood and head up their news content creation business? Is there any sense of, is it, you, you get paid even better than being, well, I don't know if media gets paid well anymore, but you know what I'm saying? Is, is this an example yeah. of largesse? I have no doubt that she is she is making a much larger paycheck at Planned Parenthood than she was at CBS. Um, I I don't know if there's a way that we could find that out. Um, It's not obviously it's not public information, Um, but yeah, there's definitely dollar cents there. And and it's a cycle. It's a self-fulfilling cycle, right, because abortions make money for Planned Parenthood. And so that's why they fight tooth and nail to keep their federal funding, to keep abortion, uh, abortions, you know, at, what did they say? Um, abortions anytime, anywhere, um, you know, that because it's a huge moneymaker for them. And they, and it, they claim that, you know, that's not their only service that they do. You know, they make these false claims about how they do, you know, mammograms and mm-hmm. cancer screenings and all this stuff and other women's health care. It's like, no, abortions is their main service and it's their main moneymaker. Um, and, and so that's why, you know, with news like this week, um, that's why Roe is so threatening to them because it's not just, um, you know, their moral obligation to keep killing babies, but it's also their bottom line. Um, again, uh, Madeline Osborne is our guest. Uh, her piece is over at thefederalist.com where she is the managing editor. Um, the, um, the, the, the interesting question for me is, uh, how, as you point out, social media is really more powerful now every day than um, than the uh, mainstream media, right? I mean, you, you, if, if you're really good, as you pointed out, if, if Kate Smith gets really good at making content, videos and things, she'll have more reach than a morning show, you know, CBS this morning, as you're saying. Uh, the question Absolutely. here's a, but here's another co- sort of corollary to that. Aren't we then isn't it Twitter and Facebook and others big tech? that have a preference to maybe Twitter doesn't with Elon Musk. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we'll know uh, for a while, but Facebook, for example, Zuckerberg and, and uh, that has a preference in the direction of Planned Parenthood that we don't even see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's one, it's all one direction um, from the top down. And I think we wouldn't be, you have to know that with the row news going on right now, you are actively having all sorts of institutions, whether that's big tech, whether that's people like Zuckerberg and his wife, whether that's um, corporate news journalists, they're all lobbying um, 
everyone that they can right now, you know, big corporations to push back against this, whether it's what the majority of the American people believe or not. Majority of Americans are not are very much against um, late term abortion. And you wouldn't know that from the way that we see pushback from corporations, from big tech. Um, and it's all because they people like Kate Smith are actively right now, you know, putting out putting out comments to big corporations like are you going to come are you going to make a stand for against this roe v wade decision um so that's just like one little example of how kind of they pull they pull all the strings of what they want their message to be well it is uh, well a fascinating topic thank you for writing it uh madeline osborne again over at the federalist.com the piece i'll put up on social media um she is the managing editor there and you can also follow her on twitter and her twitter feed oh i had it in front of me uh is at madeline o-r-r so at madeline spelled like my daughter m-a-d-e-l-l-i-n-e o-r-r thank you madeline for your time thank you so much it's great all right. We'll take a break, everyone. We'll come back. By the way, I'll put everything up on social media and over at ProAmericaReport.com if you want to listen again to this segment or see the links there. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Any modern author would be thrilled to sell a million books. I am forever thrilled that I sold three and a half million copies of my book, A Choice Not an Echo, in 1964. That was the book that launched the conservative movement because it described the shenanigans of the so-called kingmakers who were dictating our nominees for U.S. president. We are all outpaced by William McGuffey, who sold a million copies a year for a hundred years of the McGuffey readers. Generations of schoolchildren read them, making them some of the most influential books of all time. William McGuffey, who died on May 4, 1873, was a professor at the University of Virginia and then president of Ohio University, and he obviously understood how to teach small children how to read and get them reading age-appropriate stories that taught good morals, good manners, and good lessons about American history. The McGuffey readers became the mainstay of American education for generations. In the foreword of McGuffey's reader, published in 1836, McGuffey wrote, The Christian religion is the religion of our country. From it are derived our prevalent notions of the character of God, the great moral governor of the universe. On its doctrines are founded the peculiarities of our free institutions. In McGuffey's Fifth Reader, published in 1879, McGuffey included a lesson by William Mallory Channon called Religion, the Only Basis of Society, How Powerless Conscience Would Become Without the Belief of a God. Erase all thought and fear of God from a community, and selfishness and sensuality would absorb the whole man. Man would become what the theory of atheism declares him to be. It's so unfortunate that wholesome stories that teach good moral lessons are no longer taught in our public schools. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Whether it's the vision of our founding fathers, the courage of our veterans, the moral compass of Christopher Columbus, or the fortitude of presidents like Lincoln and Reagan, the truth of history should not be undercut by liberal ideology. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we honor history even as we look to the future. Join us at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, um, I want to direct you. I want to give you something to do. You know, something early on in this uh, program, in my, in the creation of the Pro-America Report, we used to do this last segment. Sometimes we would call it, uh, it, it, we'd always call it the what you need to do, the window, the window. And today I've got a real step that I want you to do. And I will put this up on social media also. But the title of this is Get It Out. Get it out. And what this is, I had Mike Davis of the Article 3 Project on my uh, radio, pro, excuse me, on a conference call earlier on Tuesday. And he said about this leak from the Supreme Court that what needs to happen, in his opinion, and he's a former U.S. Supreme Court clerk. He's a former senior judiciary, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee member. He said what we need is to get the decision out. The fact that it was leaked is an embarrassment. It's meant to uh, put everybody on the spot. But he said, we can't have 10 or 12 weeks uh, of people wondering what the decision is and thinking it may be changed. He says we need to get the decision, get it out right now. Because his opinion, his analysis of the opinion uh, of what Alito wrote is that it's pretty close to done. And so he says what they should do is issue the opinion, get it out right now, and just put it out and say, look, there may be some concurrences, there may be some dissents later, but this is the opinion of the court, five to four. Five members are for it. Because he said the damage that's being done by the left in dragging this out and making it hang out there is not worth it. So that's what I'm telling you right now. I've, I've told everybody I've talked to today, get it out. Get it out. Get the decision out. The Supreme Court, there's no upside to waiting. If five members of the court agreed to overturn Roe and Casey and to throw out the fake, fa- the fake framework, send it back to the states, to the voters, then they should just, it, now that they've been exposed by this terrible leaker, and to hear Mike Davis talk, he says the universe of people that could have leaked this is pretty small. He says he doesn't think there's more than a few dozen people that would have had the wherewithal to leak this. So we may get to the bottom of it. That's what uh, uh, G- Chief Justice Roberts said. He's asked the U.S. Marshals who are in charge of the uh, court to dig into this and find out. But the point from uh, Mike Davis is if you wait and you allow everything to twist in the wind, you're really risking more. In fact, you're actually risking the lives of the justices. Because until the opinion is out, if one of the justices, one of the five, happened to get sick, happened to be hurt, happened to be targeted, then the whole decision could be out the window. And what you're doing is tempting some crazy to try to make that happen. So that's his point. Just get it out. So if you go to phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see my press release on this. Uh, just get it out. It's time to announce the Supreme Court decision. Stop messing around, all right? Uh, thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer. And thank you to Joanna Spilger, our associate producer. We will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com to see more, to listen to more, and to find out more. Talk to you tomorrow.
on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.